Good morning, and welcome to the Business Leadership Live. It's Monday, the 18th, to Monday, June 18th, 2018. I am your host, Edwin Frendoso. So thank you, first off, for tuning in. And if you're new to the show, welcome. The Business Leadership Live is a is a call-in show where I chat with business leaders, subject matter experts, and, and thought leaders to discuss the latest innovations, current events, or best practices that will help you personally and professionally grow. Today, I'm really excited to invite and introduce my guest, Lyndon Johnson. He's from the Comms Bar. And what we're going to talk about is how to make PR work for entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show, Lyndon. Thank you for joining me today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So let's just let's just jump in. Um, for those who may not know, why don't we just get the world view from you of uh, for what is public relations? That's uh, a good question. So public relations has kind of got confused by the industry. Uh, my peers want entrepreneurs to believe that it's all about media coverage. In reality. Uh, it has very little to do with it. Public relations is really just a process of building uh, mutually beneficial relationships with people that are important to the growth of a business. It's as simple as that. So, so how did how did your peers get this mixed up? Because I know for myself, and even you know, I get hit up with PR people, and I try to and PR people try to pitch their their services. How, how, where did the confusions come in into play? Essentially, money. Um, the way that the traditional industry works right now is designed by my peers to benefit them. Uh, they charge retainer fees, anywhere between five and $20,000 a month. And for that, they will give you as much uh, of a service that they offer um, as, as you pay for. Um, and that's really designed by your budget rather than what you need. And so the big problem has been that the industry has been working for itself rather than working for customers. And um, when you have a conversation with my peers, they understand the logic of what I've created and how what they do doesn't work. But right now, they're charging customers anywhere between five dollars and $20,000 a month, and why would they want to change it? And, yeah, and I guess, you know, just getting back to the topic, we're, we're really talking about entrepreneurs and startups. So what, what, what do you find, Lyndon, is the biggest challenges that entrepreneurs face when it comes to PR? I mean, apart from a retainer fee of $5,000, well, the big problem is that they try and do stuff. They do tactical things rather than actually looking at the strategy. And that's the problem I see over and over again, that people want to dive into doing something rather than actually looking at what they need to be doing to achieve their next milestone. And once you understand what the next milestone is, you can create a strategy that's designed to achieve it, whereas the traditional way really is just to do stuff, to pitch journalists. And the reality is that people don't see media coverage anymore. When it was a weekly or a monthly magazine, then there was a chance. The reality is now that if you look at Nashville, TechCrunch, any of the kind of startup tech publications, their front page turns over uh, every hour. So mm -hmm. unless the person that you need to see the coverage sees it in that hour, it's unlikely that they will see it. I mean, when was the last time you went back and Googled for a piece of media coverage? You'll Google for a topic that you're interested in, and you'll find a variety of sites. Very few of those are, um, are media sites. And so the biggest problem is getting over that mind shift for entrepreneurs to not want to dive in to do something and actually take the time to figure out, this is what I want to achieve. This is a commercial outcome that I want. This is a plan that we think is going to move us closer towards it. 
and then doing only the things that are going to move them towards their goal rather than doing what the industry wants them to do, which is to hand over five, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month and buy the services that the industry offers, which is typically pitching journalists, pitching journalists for, for stories about their business and how great they are rather than actually things that readers want to read, which is helping them solve problems. So that's the biggest challenge is, is getting them to stop rather than jumping in and actually think, what is the outcome I want? How am I going to measure it? And how do I develop a plan to help me to achieve it? No, that's great. And, and I got a question here that came from the audience. So if you are listening live, feel free to type in a, a question. And if you and if you're if you're open to it, you know you can join us on air as well. But this is sort of related to what you're talking about, Lyndon. And and what is what's the biggest PR mix-up you have personally seen? I guess a startup go through, and what was the impact? I think the biggest one, the one that stands out more than any other, was making things overly complicated. Um, I worked with a company many years ago that was incredibly technically complex, um, and the owner, the, the, um, the uh, senior team at the time, were trying to talk about it in technical terms rather than about the value proposition and the value to the people that they were trying to sell their products and services to. Mm-hmm. And it was so complicated the fact that even journalists that covered that industry didn't really understand what they did. And so what we did was went back and said, look, you need to make this really simple. You need to talk about the benefit. And so that was one of the biggest ones that stands out. The customer at the time really didn't want to make it simple. They thought that, you know, what they did was complex and the value was in the complexity and that they could do something nobody else could do. And the reality was that when we made it really easy for people to access, people loved what they were doing. And mm-hmm. the business started to grow. And, and so that was one of the mix-ups that people think they want to talk about themselves and they've got to make it complicated. They've got to do smoke and mirrors. They've got to make it kind of something that people uh, need them to understand. And the reality is that if you break it down, you make it easy to access, then actually you can start conversations with people. If they don't understand what you do, it's really difficult for anybody to have a conversation about it. No, for sure. And I guess on to that point and working with startups and entrepreneurs throughout the years, Lyndon, like when when and how should these startups or entrepreneurs, you know, engage with, with a PR professional? Like what what is their reason to do it at this point, at that point? And like the ideal time? Well, I think the ideal time varies. Um, but I think the, the kind of the trigger is where you need somebody to coordinate um, internally even if you're using an agency you're going to need somebody to actually coordinate what's going on and to drive the strategy uh, one of the, the challenges is, you know talked about is that pr companies typically deliver tactical stuff they don't necessarily mm-hmm. look at the strategic side and i think when you have a need to develop strategy quickly on an ongoing basis then that's probably the time to hire somebody internally that can take ownership of it that can kind of liaise directly with the sales team, with the executive team, um, and actually figure out what they need to be doing, what the strategy is for hitting key milestones, whether that's them doing that or using the team internally to execute it or whether it's using an agency. Um, but that's typically the time. But it varies in different sides of organization. Um, I've seen companies with two or three people where one of them has been kind of a communications lead. I've seen companies with 25, 50 people. Um, that don't have an internal person right now. Um, and in some cases, that's become what um, 
comms bar specialists have, have become is that kind mm-hmm. of connection point and ultimately we're training up people to then be the internal point person but uh, it has to feel like the right decision you've got to be at a point where you can see value in it just getting somebody in to, to kind of be a PR or comms person if you can't see the commercial value of it it's probably the wrong time yeah and no no one's really explained it to you I guess at that point so I mean just I just want to reflect on something you mentioned you were talking about campaign or strategy um, versus tactical. And when you're talking about strategy, are you talking about overall brand strategy or are you looking talking about tactical campaign strategy or is it all in one, one in all, or is there a difference? <laughs> There's a lot of questions in there. Um, so let me, let me just kind of um, talk about brand for a minute because I think it's important to kind of mm-hmm. touch on that. People talk about brand strategy and they talk about it being kind of look and feel. They talk about you know, kind of building a brand, but there's very little good stuff online about what a brand really is. And brand is essentially a promise that you make, and it's really about values. It's what you stand for as a company. Uh, and then what you do you know, in terms of product or service layers on top of that. If you deliver a service, then everything that you do in terms of delivering the service has to support the brand values that you know, you've basically built the company on. So saying that you know, you've got to focus on, on industrial design and product design or product quality, if you're then turning out substandard products or cheap-looking products or products that break, that doesn't fit the brand promise that you've made, the value promise that you've made around you know, making these attractive-looking devices or things that are, are, are quality-made. Um, likewise, if you say right. that you know, there's a commitment to customers and actually there really isn't any customer service after the sale, then again, you know, it, it's a, a misfit between what you do and what you say you stand for, which is kind of the, the gap in the middle is really the brand. Um, but I think one of the things about strategy is that people have to um, look at what the goal is first. And it's one of the things that um, it's the first thing we do with every customer is what do you want the outcome to be? Because mm-hmm. if you don't understand what the outcome you know, looks like, one, you can't measure it. And two, it's impossible to build a strategy to achieve it. And the way that we do is we break it down looking at assumptions and looking at what people think the strategy is to get to a certain outcome. And then we test it. So, you know, the Lean Startup methodology, we use right. essentially that, but applied to communications where we develop the hypothesis. And then we test it. We break it down and say, what do you know for sure? What do you think you know? And which are the things that actually is kind of, you know, it's a real guess. And then we can test it and find out to build a strategy which is based on fact rather than a strategy which is based on a series of assumptions. Um, and it's really important to get that right before you start doing something because if there's something that's wrong with your strategy, it doesn't matter what you do, it's likely to fail. And it's one of the problems that um, we see time and time again with companies jumping in and doing things without getting the strategy sorted out first. Right, right. It doesn't work because there's something fundamental that they've overlooked or something they've assumed to be the case, but they haven't proven it to be the case. That's right. So, you know, I always describe comms bar really think strategy as a service. I know there's a lot of SaaS kind of activities <laughs> out there, and, but our strategy as a service. The thing right. that we do is actually help entrepreneurs to get that right first. And then once we know what the strategy is, we can make recommendations on the tactical things. Um, the idea is that you minimize the amount of stuff that you do to get to a certain milestone. You also minimize the chances of failure and, and you, you know, minimize the, char- the, the, uh, the waste both in terms of resources, time, and money. Okay. So, I mean, now that you said that in terms of like 
the differences and the strategy. So what, what, from your point of view, what should entrepreneurs do first, you know, before considering, you know, engaging with someone in PR? I think the first thing is to figure out commercially what the outcome uh, looks like. What do you want the outcome to be? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, in commercial terms, and I always say it has to have, you know, the outcome has to have commercial value. People say, well, something can't be measured in, in monetary value. And it doesn't have to be something you measure immediately in, in financial terms, but it has to move the business forward. It has to get you closer to something which, um, you know, if you're a, a for-profit business, has a financial impact. If you're a not-for-profit or a charity, then, you know, it's about promoting the work that you're doing and raising money. But have to have a, a, a purpose that moves the business forward. Um, I think the one thing that gets overlooked more than anything else is that in order to get people to take an action, which is what marketing is, marketing is basically the process of getting somebody uh, to take a defined action that supports right. the business and moves the business forward. People forget that in order to get people to do things, you need pretty strong relationships. And the strength of the relationship varies depending on what it is you're asking them to do. And I think that the first thing they need to do is figure out who the key people are and benchmark whether or not they have relationships with those people. So if you're asking um, somebody, say you're asking somebody in a a mid-sized company to uh, buy a piece of software, who buys it? Who owns the problem? Who's involved in the decision-making process to find a solution or to choose a solution to a problem that you fix? And do you have relationships with them? Because you're going to need them when you go and say, here's a PO, can you sign off on it? Or, you know, will you buy this product or will you recommend it? You need to have a pretty strong relationship in place to be able to do it. So that would be the first thing I would do is figure out what the goal is and then who you need to influence to take an action um, okay. before you yeah. do anything else. Totally. So really, really having objectives in mind. I got another question from yeah. the audience, and this might be – I mean, overly generic, but is any PR news good news for uh, good news for a company? Well, you've got to look at you know kind of a number of things. You look at you know VW is one example. You know, you mm-hmm. look at um, United Airlines, um, Starbucks. Um, you know, they've had a lot of publicity, and I, I mean, I make this differentiation between news is publicity, it isn't public relations. Okay. Um, unless it's unless it's media coverage that's designed to build relationships, in which case then it could be publicity news coverage as a PR action. But generally, news coverage is publicity. Um, United, Starbucks, you know, they'll tell you that not all good news is good news, and anybody that tells you that doesn't understand the impact that you know stories can have um, on people's relationship with an organisation. Um, so it, it's a myth. Again, it's you know something that my industry is keen to tell people because the more they think that you need media coverage, the more likely you are to sign up for one of their retainers, and they'll pitch journalists relentlessly, hoping to secure uh, media coverage. And, and when it comes back to well, yeah, and when it comes back to measuring it, they measure it in terms of um, you know the amount that they got, rather than did you get it in the right place. So I'll right. give you an example. We have. Um, a customer years ago um, that we got uh, a piece of coverage in a publication that had 170 um, subscribers. That's it. We come back in a conversation to try and get them to actually do something for 170 people. 
But it happens to be that those 170 people had billions of dollars of budget to buy the service that they were offering. And we went from, I forget the, the, the exact number now, but it was about $1,000 um, invested in writing the piece, placing it, everything else. And they only did it on the basis that we would uh, talk to other journalists and other publications after it ran in this, this 170 subscriber publication. Um, but it ran in there first, and um, it turned into a 50 million five-year deal. Wow. Because it was the right place. It spoke to the audience about the things that mattered to them and demonstrated that they could actually help solve the problem. And it, it did in about six weeks. So it went from $1,000 to a, to a, a five-year, $50 million uh, contract in about five weeks. But that's rare. Sure. But, hey, I mean, it's, the, the idea is that it's possible, like, when you're really – understanding your target. Um, I got one last question from the audience. I think you hit this yeah. already, but I just want to make sure we address it before before we start to close down, is when should you hire an on-site PR person at your company? I, I know you mentioned this at the top. Yeah, I think it's just when it feels right, when you can see commercial value from it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and when you can actually uh, see that there's a commercial uh, benefit from hiring somebody. Um, and you, you know, the thing really is when you get to the point where managing the strategy um, as part of the existing team doesn't work, where you maybe need somebody that can take the strategy to um, a point that you can't do it internally. It's one of the things that we see a lot is we're kind of that middle part with the specialists that we have at Comsbar is we're with those companies where they're not quite ready, but they're kind of not far away. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a different um, place in, in, in every company, but it's that point where they realize that if they bring somebody in that has um, additional um, knowledge and, and kind of domain specialist, um, then they can actually um, add value to the business. So that, that would be where I would say when you can see the benefit of doing it and the business is going to suffer if you don't do it, that's when you bring somebody in. Right. So just a quick fun question, uh, Lyndon. Um, and I'm not sure how to pose this question, but if you had a magic wand and you could change the PR industry for startups, what would that look like today? <laughs> a little like my business, actually. That's what I've been doing the last few years. But okay. I think the first thing I would do is get rid of the retainer fee, um, get rid of the upfront um, kind of investment, the minimum uh, minimum monthly fee, which is what um, you know my industry does, because it blurs everything else. It removes the accountability. There, there is no um, imperative on PR companies to actually deliver value. Mm-hmm. Once they've got your, once they've got your money, they have your money. Right, right, right. And so I think you know that would be um, kind of one thing. The other thing is just breaking down the workflow um, again, so you understand the um, the anatomy of of a marketing action. Because ultimately, public relations is, is one of the parts of the process towards getting um, somebody to take an action. So PR and marketing goes together because you've got to build the relationship before you ask somebody to take a commercially valuable action for you, to do mm-hmm. something that supports your business. Um, I think that would be um, the other thing, would be just to, to kind of have this um, understanding of the process rather than jumping into doing stuff um, so that entrepreneurs understand that um, just jump in and do something. There's no guarantee that you're listening to understand what it is you're trying to achieve. Right, exactly. I always use the, the analogy. The typical way of doing PR right now is um, a, a crew on an airplane just turning up at the airport saying, "Oh, we're here. Why don't we go somewhere?" 
and just rolling down the runway and taking off and then going, okay, well, now what? It doesn't, you know, you don't, you don't end up where you want to go to. You might end up somewhere. But if you don't know where it is you're trying to get to, what's the point? Right, exactly. No, that's perfect. I appreciate you for sharing that. Can you, Lyndon, share any final tips, recommendations for the listeners who are listening today when it comes to PR, startups, or anything you, anything that you think is really valuable that they need to know? I would say slow down. I think the first the, the, the thing is that um, just just kind of take a pause, take a breath. When you're looking at PR, um, question your PR company. If you're going to uh, work with a PR company, ask the difficult questions. What's the value? What are you going to do for me? How can I measure it? Um, you know, how is it going to help me achieve this commercial goal? Um, because... The more questions you ask, the more information you get, and the better you're able to make um, informed decisions. And the other thing is that don't feel you have to jump into doing tactical stuff. Um, get the strategy right first, and then figure out what ta- that looks like tactically, um, so that you you can actually do things that uh, will move you towards the the ultimate goal. Because if your business isn't moving forward, the argument is why are you doing anything? it doesn't help you move forward, then you shouldn't be doing it. Right. No, that's perfect. I appreciate that. Lyndon, where could we find more information about you, the Comsguar, or anything else that you'd like to share to the audience today? Yeah, so the, the website for Comsbar is uh, C-O-M for mother, M for mother, S for sugar, dot B-A-R. Everyone thinks I run a nightclub or a disco, but uh, <laughs> it's just comms.bar. And uh, I'd say they've, they've got a, a roster of specialists on there that cover uh, a full range of communications disciplines and uh, they're there to help entrepreneurs figure out what their strategy needs to look like to achieve their next goal. Um, And on there there's uh, a framework that we've developed that uses Lean Startup methodology um, to help entrepreneurs to work their way through developing uh, and testing PR strategies um, on their own to find the ones that actually add the most value to their businesses and help them to achieve whatever the milestones are they set for the organization. Um, so that can be downloaded from the website. Um, but if uh, you know, the listeners want to uh, contact me directly, then Lyndon, L-Y-N-D-O-N, at comms.bar, and I will gladly send the framework and the quick start guides to anybody that wants it. Perfect. Thank you for that, Lyndon. appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us today. And My pleasure. For Thank those- you. Thank you so much. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to listen to the latest episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. My guest was Jamie Michaels, the head of brand marketing at Twitter Canada. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. But that's a wrap. That's my Monday session of the Business Leadership Live. Be sure to tune in on Wednesday when my guest is – Gail Scott, we're going to discuss why having emotional intelligence in HR will help you empower the C-suites. Thank you again. Have a fantastic Monday. Edwin signing off.